0: I was one of the ones on that day saying, oh, it'll be all right. A- anyone else, you know, I'm from Michigan, so I'm used to snow and ice. I said, it'll be all right. I was actually at a restaurant eating with a friend of mine from Detroit. My first ever basketball coach had flown in and spent some time with us. And um, at a restaurant with him, I kept saying, oh, it'll be all right. It's, come on. It's, come on from Michigan. Well, let me tell you what ended up happening to me. I picked my kids up at three I think 3.15 from school. We didn't get home till 5 a.m. that next morning. And we slept on a hotel floor at the, which one is that right at Dunwoody and uh, Crown Plaza? We slept on the floor uh, at the Crown Plaza. I'll never forget that night as long as I live. And how many of you know there's a whole lot of different kind of people in that hotel that night? <laughs> it's a real element in there. You know, my daughter went in the bathroom, she comes running out says just this lady in here just naked daddy she's just naked from just just standing in there talking to her I said I said oh Jesus and I'm gonna tell you what God did for us on that night I ended up looking inside of one of the conference rooms and no one was in there and it's amazing to me that took both my children in there I obviously put myself on the outside daughter in the middle son on the outside how I mean, know I really didn't sleep well that night and so um well, it was interesting, about 3 o'clock that morning, my son wakes up, and he taps me, and he says, Dad. I said, yeah, son, you okay? He said, yeah. So I tapped my daughter, and it just the Spirit of God just kind of unctioned me that the same people who couldn't drive in this weather earlier today are the same people when I wake up in the morning will be here, won't be able to drive in. So, you know, it's a risk. So I grabbed the kids. I said, how you all feel? Let's go for it. And we ended up going for it. But, but here's the beauty of the story. We ended up sleeping in that room, and no one ever came in there. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe an angel just stood outside that door and just blocked it for us. Because who wouldn't have thought of that? It's a big conference room. It was comfortable in there, if you know what I mean. The heat was great. And everyone, so just to get out, we just had to step over people, step around people just to get back to the car. So my point in saying all of that, I understand when it rains here and the threat of that temperature dropping, I will take that seriously every time for the rest of my life as long as I live in Georgia. And so, but we came tonight to take care of some business. How many of y'all are ready to take care of a little business tonight? Okay, let's get right to that, and then we'll let you all get out of here tonight. We're going to talk about Jesus still heals today. Go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Jesus still heals today. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to begin reading at verse 16 or 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Are you all there? Says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, which is what the word power means, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And this is where I want to focus in on. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of this age. How many know it's important to believe that God is with you at all times? It's important to believe that. Go with me to Mark chapter 16. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I just want to build your faith up a little bit. Then we're going to minister to you tonight. Then minister to each other and let you go. Mark chapter 16 verse 14 says, Later he appeared, this is after his resurrection, to the eleven, and they sat at the table And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. And this is what I want everyone in here to understand tonight. It's never on God's side when something doesn't manifest in our life. Let me say that one more time. It's never on God's side when something doesn't manifest in our life. It's always on our side. And so the the most challenging thing you'll have to do for the rest of your life is uproot unbelief. Right. And you've got to fight against negative thoughts and, and all kind of different things that try to enter your mind. And so, notice, these disciples had eyewitnesses that told them, he's alive, he's risen from the grave, um, and, and they still didn't believe it. And, and they, these were eyewitnesses. Anyone in here ever seen Jesus? Right? So, think about them. We've never seen it. These are eyewitnesses. And he has to rebuke their unbelief. And hardness of heart. Okay, now let's keep reading here in Mark chapter 16. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, authority, or character, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they what? I think the King James says, shall recover. I need you all to understand how strong that is. There are no other options on the table that if a believer lays hands on you, you are going to recover. I mean, that's a believing issue. Whether or not that comes to pass in that individual's life solely depends on whether or not they believe that. But that's an assertion, a very strong assertion, that if a believer lays hands on someone that is sick, they shall recover. This is why I tell people in the hospital all the time, at least get healed before you go home. You might be ready to go home, but let's get you well and then decide to go home. Let's not let sickness take you home. All right, let's keep going here. So now, Believers shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They what? Recover. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. So what I want you to notice in this context, he's done working. Now we have to work in his name. Right? But he said, I'm giving you all authority. So the same thing that I did, you can do if you really believe that. And so he says here, and they went out and preached everywhere, here's the key, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs and wonders. And so I want to build your faith a little bit. I have my faith out there tonight for him to confirm his word, watch this now, with signs following, so that people are left beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is still real and he's still healing today. Anyone want to join their faith with mine tonight? All right, let's let's go and look at a story. Go with me to James chapter five. Very familiar passage, but if you keep studying, how many know you'll keep learning? And it's amazing how the word is pregnant, and it just keeps giving birth to new revelation. And so we're going to look at this story in James chapter five, verses thirteen through uh, eighteen. Right, and you'll find that it's really common in New Testament epistles that we're going to find various commands and exhortations, and it's very common in each of the epistles, and James is no different. Now, you're going to notice in verses 13 and 14, James asks three questions, okay? Pay very close attention to these questions because they're going to set up everything else that we need to do tonight. Verse 13 and 14 says, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so I want to examine these three questions here very quickly. The first one is In times of suffering, who's supposed to pray? Who? All right, so you'll notice there's a tendency to always go to someone else when I'm going through something. And what I want to encourage you today, how many of you all have to grow up at some point? And at some point, we've got to face our own situation and say, you know what, I own this one, God, this one, this me and yours, let's take this on together. All right, and I'm going to show you what this word suffering here means. It says, in times of suffering, notice it says, let me pray, okay? In times of suffering, let me pray. Now the key here is to understand what kind of suffering is he talking about. This word here, suffering in the new King James version. It's really four different Greek words for it, and it means a variety of different things. Well so we're talking about could be sickness, could be uh, the loss of a loved one, bereavement, could be disappointment, could be affliction, it could be persecution. It could be loss of your property or values. And so how many of all of us have gone through something like that at one point or another in our lives, right? And so he says, if you're going through any level of suffering, you need to pray, right? And so you cannot give your responsibility over to someone else and say, will you pray for me about this? Not when it's your personal issue, all right? Stay with me. I'm going to be real clear tonight. So then we have to ask ourselves the follow-up question then, what is it that we should pray for, right? If he said, if any among you are suffering, let him pray, then to me the follow-up question is, what is it that we need to pray, right? Isn't that a legitimate follow-up question? What should we pray? If I'm suffering, then what should I pray? Because that's the part most people don't know, right? I'm suffering, I'm going through, but I don't know what to do, right? So there's some wisdom there that's needed. Now, Let me answer that question for you. James is one letter. Man put chapter and verse and divisions in there to help us find it better. But really, James is one continuous letter. And so typically, if you ask a question from a text, the answer is going to be somewhere in the text, somewhere previously stated, or somewhere after the text that you just read. And so if you go all the way back to the beginning of James, notice what he says. Go back to James chapter 1. And then he's going to tell you certain things about when you get in trouble and when you go through certain things, what to do. He says, my brethren, in James chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various tribes. Doesn't that sound like suffering? Right? He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So, Never say God's testing you or God allowed me to be in this situation because he wants me to learn something. Never say stuff like that. How I many know oh, God doesn't test man with anything? What the enemy is coming after is what you believe because what he's trying to do is get you back over into unbelief. All right? And so watch this now. So it'll produce patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him act of God, who gives to us liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Well, what would we ask for wisdom for? Anyone want to take a shot at that? It's Bible study. What would you ask for wisdom for? It said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Remember the context, right? The trial that you're going through. Or whatever it is that you're suffering. How many know you need some wisdom on that? Now, this is going to shock you. You know why he tells you to pray? A lot of times you go to other people, and they're going to share with you the wisdom God gave them for their situation. But it's not going to work for yours. Oh, Jesus. Did you all catch that? And we're going to ask someone else, what did you do in this situation? And there are no two situations that are alike. When God has some specific wisdom for you, for your situation. A couple of things. I mean, there's a reason why you ended up in that situation. And you've got to own that. Right? True story, folks. When I was going through my situation, I was offered, I I would say, 25 jobs at least. I was offered everything. In-state, out-of-state, in ministry, out of ministry. But what it boiled down to me, the last situation that I considered, I remember looking the person in the eye I said, you know what, this one's on me. And, and this is me and God's situation right here. And if God's called me, then we're going to get through this. That was the last one that I said, I can't take that. This is mine. Now, many I mean, we all all have to get to a place where, you know what, if I'm in this situation, I'm part of the situation. And I need some wisdom, number one, to understand how I ended up here. But number two, how to never get back in this situation again. Right, And so we're going to ask God for wisdom, right, who gives to all men liberally. So notice, God's going to give you as much wisdom as you need. King James Version said and he's not going to take any of it back. So if you'll go to him and ask for it, I mean, he'll give you as much as you need, especially if you're spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer. He's going to give you, matter of fact, too much wisdom where you're not just going to come out of it. You won't even see stuff like that ever again, or if you do, you'll have so much wisdom You'll see it long before it shows up and know how to navigate around it so that it never, you don't have that same experience ever again. All right, watch this now. But let him ask in faith once again with no doubting. See, what is the enemy after? What you believe. So why would he reiterate again, ask in faith and don't let doubt creep in? Right? People are going to get hands laid on them tonight. You know what the enemy is going to come to you and say? Nothing happened to you. And you've got to be able to fight that off. Whatever you ask for tonight, ask in faith. Listen to this. Nothing doubting. Amen. Amen. And if any level of doubt creeps in, cast it down as quick as you can. All right, watch this. now. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed for the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in some of his ways. How many of his ways? Follow-up question. What makes him or her unstable? Doubt, and unbelief. All right, everybody clear? All right, let's look at it another way. For whom should we pray? Obviously, we should pray for ourselves, right? But typically, if we're going through any level of suffering, There's usually someone on the other side of that. Would you all agree with that? Usually involves other people, right? And so you also want to pray for potentially who may be the source of your suffering. All right? You remember what Jesus taught in Luke chapter 6? Turn there very quickly. Luke chapter 6. Let's read verse 27 and 28. So not only do I want to pray for myself, but I also want to pray for those who may be the source Of my suffering. How many know good people, or let me say it this way, bad things happen to good people. I mean it's possible throughout the course of your life. Something can happen to you, and you didn't deserve anything in in terms of why that happened to you. That's really possible. And so how do you respond to that? Okay? If you're married, how many know there's a lot of just you know, you know, you think something happened or said, but that wasn't really what the way it was, right? And so you gotta learn how to. Uh, uh, respond a certain way. look what he said in Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28. But I say to you who will hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and bless and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, doing this can greatly help you endure while going through any level of suffering. Let me help you all understand what I mean. There are people that are members of this church today and on our staff, because of October, one person on the staff, on October the 13th, they decided to go to one service at 830, leave early, come over to another service at Lassiter. And how I many of some of that was nosy, though. How I many of some people just wanted to hear what I was going to say about this situation, right? But there was some real sincere people there. How do I know? This is what they said to me. They said, I hadn't made a decision at all about what I would do. I was gonna go and I said, whichever one talks about the other one, only thing I know is that's the church I'm not going to. And so they went to one church and, and said they were talking about you. They came to, to the last of their service, first thing comes out of my mouth is prayer for the people involved and the success of that church. And they said to me, one's in this room right now, I knew right there that's where I would be. How I many know it'll greatly help you? If you learn how to pray for people who may be on the other side of what you're going through. Isn't that a blessing? All right. Now, so during times of suffering, we know we need to pray. All right. So I want you to lock that in. It's great to call the church, but it's better for you to learn how to, to deal with this between you and God. Right. And we can be a support system to you. By the time you call us, you know what you should be saying? I prayed about this, and I believe the Lord is leading me in this direction, and I just want to bounce that off of someone else to see what you think, not calling us to tell you what to do. There's a place for that when you first get saved. I get that. But how many know there's another place where you've got to start saying, you know what, I'm grown now, right, and I've got to deal with this, I've got to face this, and I've got to overcome this. And it's going to be empowering to you when you do because anything else that tries to show up, you're going to start rehearsing those past battles that you've been in. It's going to remind you that if God did it before, guess what? He'll do it again. Now, he said, if any among you is cheerful, happy, then let him sing praises. But you'll notice he said sing psalms, didn't he? Right? So he's specific, right, because there must be something in those psalms that has a degree of deliverance and victory in them, all right? So I just pulled out a few tonight. I'm going to go through them very quickly. You write them down uh, just so that you can have them. I'll read them very quickly. But this word cheerful here means uh, pleasantness. It means agreeable. I love this. It suggests a state of mind free from trouble. How many know that's a cheerful person? When it doesn't matter what's going on, their mind is free from trouble. I mean, that's a blessing to be able to live like that. All hell could be breaking loose, but it's not going to break loose in their head because they are free from that. That's a cheerful person. I mean, life happens to everyone. But, man, you can still keep your peace of mind and you can be happy and cheerful regardless of what comes down the pipe. So it says, if any of you is cheerful, let him sing psalms, right? Now, go to, well, you don't have to turn there. I'll read them. Just write them down. Psalms 92, 1 through 4. Psalms 92, 1, 2, 4. We're going to look at David because David was considered a man after God's own heart. And they, he was in one, uh, one commentary I read. He read he was called the singer of Israel. Look at Psalms 92, 1 through 4. Make sure you write it down. Go back and look at it later, or you can look at it right now if you get there quickly. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning... And your faithfulness some nights. What does that say? What does that say? Imagine getting up every morning saying, God, you love me so much. I know there's nothing that can come my way today. That's going to, man, your love has me surrounded on every single side. Your love has already provided everything that I'll need today. And then at the end of the night, you go back and you say, Father, I thank you for your faithfulness today, for getting me through another day, getting me to work with no accidents. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about imagine this as a lifestyle where I wake up and I remind God about his loving kindness and how much he loves me. And before I go to bed, I just thank him for being faithful to me throughout the entire day. Folks, you didn't get here on your own. God protected you. God looked out for you. Come on, somebody. Don't don't think that it's your education, your smarts, your background. Everything that you have, God blessed you with it. And every night you need to thank him for being faithful to you. David goes on to say, Most high. He said, to declare your loving kindness in the morning, your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings on the lute and on the harp with a harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. So obviously, David could play multiple instruments and then he would just go get on the instruments and let the instruments just worship God. Isn't that a blessing? Psalms number 100. Very familiar. Well, we're going to go by 96. Look at 96, 1 through 4. says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. Watch this. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Boy, I wish I was in the house. With some believers listening in faith tonight, God is great and He is greatly to be praised. Why? Because He's done great things for you. He's done great things for me. Whether you realize it or not, folks, God is good and He is good all the time. There is not a time in my life when God is not good. Even when bad things happen, He is so great that He's going to bring something good out of it every single time long as I keep my attitude like this. Psalms 100 says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give that a minus 5. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He says, serve the Lord with sadness. Come in here with that droopy look on your face, lip hung low. Come on, neck all bowed over, shoulders bent down. No, he says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. It's a blessing. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. And that's a true story, folks. I'm going to be here until he comes back. Let me check the temperature in here one more time. Psalms 101, make a joyful shout to the Lord. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. His mercy, not his judgment. Folks, I'm so glad I did not get what I deserved, folks, but he had mercy on me. He had compassion on me. He had sympathy for me. He said, that little stupid boy don't know what he's doing. Let me cover him for a little while till he can grow up and learn some truth and begin to act like the price that I paid for. For Man, I wish somebody in here would just stop looking so sad and get happy about the things of God. My God, God is good, folks. The house you live in, God is good. The car you drive, God, He is great. And He is the job that you have, you didn't get that on your own. You had favor with those employers, glory to God. God is good. The reason you still have that job is because you have favor with those employees. I'm telling you, when we get our own permanent location, there will be, mark my words, there will be a banner. On the outside doors of the sanctuary, that read. Drop all negative attitudes at the door. And do what? Enter into his presence with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Why? Because you can walk in there. You're not in a hospital somewhere. Come on, you're not on a deathbed somewhere. Come on, you can walk into the house. If nothing else, be thankful for that. God is good. God is good, folks. I mean, you can get healed praising God. Come on, you can get delivered praising God. Come on, you can get set free just being happy. It wouldn't matter what somebody tried to do to you. You stay in this position right here, man, look, you don't even have time for that kind of stuff. What? Thank you. Something better for me. That's a good place to live. That's a good place to live. You want to do what? Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. It'll get better from here. Instead of, oh, why'd they do that to me? Why did I? No, you don't have time for all that. If you really know God's on your side. I say if you really know God's on your side and you're a happy person all the time, you're cheerful all the time. Come on, you can look somebody right in the face and say, I appreciate the opportunity and the time Amen. you gave me. Amen. It was an honor. It was a privilege. Thank you. I'm on the bigger and better things now. Amen. Uh, y'all don't. Oh, Jesus. Let's look at two New Testament examples. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Look at 17 through 20. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 through 20 says, Therefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It says, Be not drunk with wine. How many of y'all, don't, don't lie now, how many of y'all have ever been drunk in here before? Raise your hand. I'll tell you, I'm gonna come get you. Raise your hand if you ever, I'm coming. Oh, Jesus, I'm going, raise your hand if you've ever been drunk. Now, you notice when you were drunk, you didn't care what people thought about you. Oh, Jesus. Now now you get saved and you get all sophisticated. Now you got a little education now, a few little letters behind your name, and you don't do that kind of stuff no more, and, Come on, somebody. But when you were drunk, you didn't care what nobody thought about you. Matter of fact, the purpose of getting drunk was so that you could get out of your mind and act like somebody that you weren't. Come on, why can't we be the same way after we get saved? Come on, somebody. Why can't we get so lost in God, so lost in praising God, that we stop caring what other people think about us, So He said, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. To not be drunk with wine, wherein is access and which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Another translation says, Don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk in the Spirit. Yes. And the principles are to say, You don't care what nobody thinks. You walk, praise God. God is good. And you don't care nothing about all the rest of that. I look at it like this, folks people are going to talk about you anyway. I'm getting ready to give you a whole lot to talk about. And, and watch, ain't nothing you saying getting ready to stop anything either. At all. I wouldn't care what you think about it. You know how much I hear about what somebody can't do? You're you, you looking at the wrong stuff. Better pay attention to what can be done because that's what I'm after. See, that's your negative mindset that can only see what's wrong. I'm on to something else, folks. And all my limitations, because I believe, I'll see it. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I said I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. amen. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter three sixteen says, let the word of God or let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. Now, go back to James chapter 5 and let's zero in, okay? Two things. If I'm suffering, who's supposed to pray? All right? If I'm cheerful, what am I supposed to do? Sing songs, sing songs right? Go find some of your favorite ones. If you can't sing them, Just say them like I do. (laughs) That's a true story. I don't sing them. I just say them. And it sounds good to me. (laughs) I just read them. That's all I do. (laughs) All right? Now, watch this now. Let's zero in. In times of sickness, though, James is very specific. So the first two is something you're supposed to do. On this third one, it's something we're supposed to do. Okay? Now let's shift. That third, when he said, is any among you sick, watch this now, let him go on Facebook, send an inbox. <laughs> that, that's not what it said. I read that wrong. I was trying to bring it up to date. No. Fourteen, if anyone among you is sick, watch this now, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord. All right. Oil is representative of something, right? Right? The anointing, right? Something smeared on. So we have oil here tonight. We're going to be very specific about how we pray scripturally, okay? Notice it said, let the elders, plural. So guess what? I'm not the only one. I don't have to be the only one that does that. Everybody on this row would be considered elders, Right? And so I'm going to have Minister Deanna Joe, depending on how many ladies come up. I might have uh, Minister Diana come up here as well. I could have Lisa come up here. I could have a myriad of different people come up here because anyone who is considered mature can pray. Doesn't have to be the pastor. Right? People say, I only want the pastor to come out. You're limiting yourself. Hey, Pastor, I appreciate you sending such and such, but can you come? I mean, no, I can't come to everything. That's, right. That's, right. That's, right. That's why he gave me help. All right, now, let me just break this down a little bit, and then we're going to administer some healing here today. So the anointing with oil was symbolic. Watch this now. Representing the influences of the Holy Spirit. Go to Mark chapter 6. Keep a marker in James 5. We're going to come right back. Mark chapter 6. Let's read verse 12 and 13. This is when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples. Notice what he said to them in verse 12 and 13. uh, Mark chapter 6. He says, so they went out and preached that people should confess their sins. See, that's how you know people don't turn. When you tell them to turn, they don't turn. They just write it down. What does that say there? The day should what? The day should what? So we talked about that about two weeks ago, right? What is repentance? It's a change, right? Why? The sin has already been forgiven. When was it forgiven? On the cross, folks. So so now watch this. There's no need for him to punish your body if God already punished Jesus' body. God would be unrighteous to punish his body and yours. So if he took sin and sickness, it's not ours. Stay with me now. It's just a behavior that we need to change. All right, let's keep going. So they went out and preached the people that the people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed many with oil, who were sick, and they did what? Them. So is it interesting then that they had to change before things could be cast out? Just an observation. It was not in this particular context they were healed and then changed. It was first change. I'm going somewhere with that tonight. All right. A lot of times, how I many know oh, it comes back because our behavior never changed. So God can heal us, but whether or not we stay healed is going to require some level of change. I hope you all caught that tonight. I, I, I can really develop that a little bit more. You all, you all understand that? Right? So you'll notice sometimes, you know, we go visit people, and they'll tell you it just seems like one thing after another. One thing after I get something else, the doctors tell me it's something else. Well, how I many of they are unwilling to change in some, some areas? Because God's not putting that on them. Y'all still with me tonight? All right, go back to James chapter 5. All right, so notice what it says here in verse uh, 15. So it says in 14, elders are going to pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name, the authority and character of the Lord, which is what we read in Mark 16, ushers, y'all can begin to prepare yourselves, hostesses, it's what we read in Mark 16 and Matthew chapter 28, right? So how many of y'all know I can't heal anyone? Amen. These elders on the front row can't heal anyone. But Jesus can. Yes. Yes. And listen to this, and he Amen. wants to. Amen. Right? But in order to stay there, you're going to need to have some wisdom on what you need to change. Did you all catch that? Because he really wants you to operate in health. And health requires wisdom. And no two people are the same, which means what works for me may not work for you. All right, everybody clear? All right, now, watch this. Same assertion here. And the prayer of faith, not might, but will sozo, deliver, make whole the sick. And then the Lord shall raise them up. Notice, we don't do any of that. That's the Lord's responsibility, right? Our job is just to believe, right? It's the Lord's job to raise them up. Now, it's an interesting observation here. Remember, we talked about change. And if, conditional clause, right, he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Well, let me help you all understand something. You've already been forgiven. That's a done deal. I mean, it still requires change on your part. If you're aware of some areas that you know you need to change in. Amen. I'm gonna go real slow. How do we know that? Because then the next thing he says is confess your trespasses. Right? One to another. What is that? An acknowledgment of the areas that I need to change. You all still with me? Yes. I'm talking about how to get to the next level. After God heals you, there's a wisdom you need to stay healed. And then get over in the health. Watch this now. Confess your trespasses one to another, then pray for one another that you may be healed. Different Greek word there. That one means to be made whole. Isn't that interesting? So, notice it's not a confessing of my sins because my sins have already been forgiven. It's an acknowledgment of behaviors that I need to change. Isn't that good? So, God will heal you because he loves you. But if you're going to stay healed, it's going to require some change on your part if you're going to walk in something called divine health. All right? I mean, I didn't feel like getting up this morning and running four miles. I did not wake up, glory, Jesus. I didn't do none of that. I I moved so slow by the time I got to the gym. Man, I didn't want to do anything. Plus, what we're doing, I felt lightheaded, all kind of different things. And it's in those moments where you've got to let your spirit get on the throne and shut your body down. And I'll be right back tomorrow morning. Same thing. Another 90-minute workout. That's 15 days of 90-minute workouts, the entire fast, Monday through Friday, the entire fast. How many know that's for health reasons? Amen. Nothing more, nothing less. That's for health reasons. That's the motivation behind that is to be healthy. More so than even looking physically a certain way. I want to be healthy. Everybody clear? All right, Now, so the elders will pray over them. Notice it's a specific type of prayer, a prayer of faith. That word faith there is a Greek word, pistis. And guess what it means? Total assurance, total reliance, complete trust. So there cannot be any doubt or unbelief on the person praying's part or the person receiving part. Right? The two have to be in agreement for God to do what he needs to do. All right? Everybody on the same page in here. All right. So now, is there anyone in this building today that you have any form of sickness or disease in your body? Would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? Play something for me there real soft. Any form of sickness or disease in your body? All right. Praise God. Just stand right there. Don't do anything else. Don't make